Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Paul. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing well, Sarah. It's been a couple weeks. Missed talking with you, but uh, it's great to be back after break and being recharged and ready to take on the rest of the Arrowverse as the season winds down and talk our new shows of Krypton and other things. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> cut right to the chase. This this episode is going to be delayed reaction because this is the latest I've recorded a podcast in a very long time. And it's not even that late for me. It's late for Will, but it feels late for me. <laughs> You're living oh, vicariously through my time zone. <laughs> Always. All day. Yeah. And that other laughter you hear in the background is our guest host <laughs> returning once again, Veronica Rose. Welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be back. We are glad to have you. We waited all night, and now you're here. I now you're know. hopefully you're going to drop some knowledge. Darn that adulting stuff of having to work. <laughs> sucks. It's, I, I was so tired on Friday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Two days ago. <laughs> Has it only been, yeah, and then you worked all weekend, too, as far as just, uh, <laughs> like, sent me a message, like, I am in the middle of, like, XYZ projects, and papers and I was like, okay, I'll just talk to you. I'll just talk to you on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's um they don't warn you about this stuff when you're growing up. Like all you want to do is be older and then you are older and you're just like this sucks legitimately. Yeah, yeah every, nobody every, tells you. Yeah, everything sucks. And they even canceled that too. They, I wish they would cancel like all this like, you know, work stuff. Yeah, I have to. Like, can't they do that? <laughs> I, I'm I'm sorry to interrupt, but that is one of the best puns you have ever dropped on Cena Nerd. Will I am so proud right uh, now. Uh, thank, thank, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Like seriously, <laughs> that was genius. <laughs> and before you say something stupid, we're going to talk about Arrow. All, all right. right. All right. That's, you noticed? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> They're fighting each other. Okay, next show. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're back at that again, but now it's with the John and Oliver and yeah. John and Oliver, like, I don't know. Um <laughs> yeah. I you know, I read a snippet where Mark Guggenheim talks about <laughs> how he didn't realize that it would be such a bad reaction. I mean, and I'm just kind of paraphrasing here of, of what the fans were going to, re- how they were going to react to this whole, like, you know, civil war divide that was going to happen. And, and they, you know, because in comic books, you know, they do it all the time. And yeah. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. dude, mm-hmm. but in, in comic books, it's easier mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. switch from one book to the next, you know, every volume you're able to just go ahead and, and and rectify all the mistakes that were made but when you're doing a tv show there's so much more emotion involved and people just relate to it differently than when they're reading a comic book and so when last or uh thursday aired and i saw as soon as that first punch was thrown i was just like are you kidding me well, see, was I not... appreciated the punch. I, I like the punch. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I, I, see, for me, the fight, it didn't, I, I, it was probably some of the best work I've seen out of the, of, you know, as far two as the two of them. I mean, the tension. Yeah, I don't the, deny. Yeah, I mean, the tension was, was there, um, because, you know, the prior week's episode, it was just, you know, it, it had the, uh, meh, return. But mm-hmm. uh, but I really enjoyed this week. <laughs> Will you're killing me tonight? <laughs> you know, and it's the thing. Like if you if you look at it from just a, a performance way, yeah, they did an amazing job, and it was a great episode. I mean, the acting was spot on. The emotion between the two of them was, you know, it was heartbreaking as a as a where you were like, whoa, you were really into it. Um, but I'm sorry. I am so tired of this everybody hate Oliver thing that they just, it's just every episode. And I'm getting to the <laughs> point where I'm just so sick and tired. Can we just move on now? Can we, can we move on? Can we just go to the next thing now? Let's just, let's have some new bad guys. Let's talk about something different. Because and I'm just... just- yeah, I, I was just going to jump in there. Like, and that's, that's the crux of it is that it's not that the team is divided. People are getting into fights. There's a civil war occurring right as Diaz is taking over Starling City. No, it's, it's mm-hmm. not all of that. It's at the root of it. All of the motivation we've seen play out before. And that's what pisses me off is that mm-hmm. like, we all know Oliver's a crappy leader. He has been since day one. He's a selfish yeah. bully boy. We get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I mean, so isn't he, that- he, he's acknowledged it. So even to Barry, like whenever it was a crossover, he's like, Barry, you have to leave the team because I can't, you know, I, I'm not that person. Right. Right. And, you know, and it, it, it's frustrating because this whole thing with John, like, Oh, I've watched you grow as a man, as a husband, as a mayor, blah, blah, blah. I'm so proud of you for that. But you suck as a leader. Why couldn't you have said that to him, I don't know, maybe two, three seasons ago? Like, and, and why Diggle is he now? Is <laughs> Diggle's an enabler? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he is. And I don't know. So that part of the show, like, I mean, yes, the the acting was amazing. Was it was like the whole time they were having that discussion up there on the platform and they were face to face and they were throwing those jabs at each other. I was glued to the Like I was glued. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this performance is so intense that I how did they, you know, like how did they not feel emotion and be like, I'm going to cry now when it was over. <laughs> but um just it's still frustrating that we're still having to deal with this crap right and i I, and i don't know i mean we're so close to the end of the season it's like what are you guys gonna do (laughs) what are we doing here yeah we they're all they're focusing too much i feel on the um the inner workings of the team and not what's actually happening within star city where we have a literal madman running the city, yeah. <laughs> you know, but let's focus on everybody hating each other and getting mad at Oliver. <laughs> well, I think, it, you know, I think when I read the same article that you, that you referenced, uh, what 
Dugan Hyde talked about uh, you know, being a comic book Civil War and mm-hmm. all that. And I think part of the problem is with this whole new team arrow, old team arrow split and fight it, it, and the, it, the, the, the Civil War between them is, it, 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 and I see this happening some on the Flash as well with uh, where they're introducing new characters. Uh, mm-hmm. The you know Oliver Diggle and, and Felicity are like the core, and and yes. there's no way you're going to you know there's not going to be that loyalty or that you know build up of fandom that's going to it's going to take the other other team's side. It's just not going to happen. Right. You know, they haven't had that you know that depth and uh, you know and it's the same thing you know you talk about Flash a little bit you know people just. Last year with Julian and this year with Ralph, it's the same kind of feeling. It's just like, you know, stop trying to force these people on us. We don't like them. We just want our we want our original three or original whatever's right um, to and, and 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 move that story forward. And, you, and both are both are on point that is the bigger issue with Diaz is 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 being is being missed and, and Diggle. Mention mm-hmm. that even even in that argument, it's like what they had. You know, like, you're, you're stretched too thin, and, and quite frankly, that's how the season feels. Is they're, yeah. they're stretched yeah. very thin. Yeah, yeah. and that's sure. another point that bothered me in in this episode is that oh wait, so now Diggle's argument is that oh you're a mayor, you're a husband now, you're a father, and you have all of these other responsibilities. How can you actually be the hero that the city needs at the same time? And I'm like, oh my god, I do not want to go through another episode arc of Oliver being like, I have to be alone. Like, you've yeah. seen it before. You <laughs> mm-hmm. so don't need it anymore. No, it, like, like I now I'm not gonna believe you when you said yes I finally made peace that I have to have both sides I'm like no next season you're gonna fall apart again I just know <laughs> yeah and at this point I mean we're already six seasons in and I am sorry but the character growth it's like just when we think we're getting it it all of a sudden it goes back to the way it used to be and it's like why are we doing this? why are we back and we should just keep continuing to further grow the characters. So they can become something solid, something that is a true superhero team, you know, rather than like this constant, you know, childish fighting. It's just, I, I'm just kind of exhausted from it now. Like it's just, it's done. It's been done, overdone already for a while now. And, um, I miss the days of when, when the main focus of an episode was fighting the bad guy. And right. that a lot. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's a, it's a hard balance though when you have 23 episodes and mm-hmm. you have to stretch it and you, I, I feel like despite my current complaints about the show, I haven't liked it since it came back from, um, hiatus, mm-hmm. but I still think this is one of their stronger seasons. Mm-hmm. Overall, and probably will finish strong. We just have to get to that point where things start to escalate and the stakes rise up for us to be like, yes, this is a show that I've, I was, I thought it was going to be way back in October mm-hmm. and it's delivering again. 
mm-hmm. because I do, I do like what they're doing with Curtis right now. I like mm-hmm. what they're doing with Dinah right now. Mm-hmm. Diaz and Black Fire and Kissed at the end of the episode. Nobody I should ever <laughs> oh, witness oh, oh. that. Like, <laughs> disturbing. <laughs> yeah. I, like, there are children watching. <laughs> I died laughing when I saw that. I was like, Ugh. you know, and the thing was, is I was kind of expecting that come to happen because after the, I forget, it was a couple episodes ago mm-hmm. where he tries to convince her and they're in that old rundown casino and the way he was like all intimate with her. I was like, uh oh, something's so about gross. to happen here. <laughs> I was like, oh God. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I, I, it's like, uh, my friend Nicolette and I, we, we discussed the show pretty much daily because there's always like some spoiler popping up and mm-hmm. and between the two of us, you know, we'll find something and we're like, Oh my God. And we talk about it. And um, we're both at the point now where we're just kind of like, you know what? I think I'm just going to sit back now and I'm just, I'm just going to let it play out and just see what happens because at this point it just, every episode is just mind boggling. <laughs> <laughs> You sound like me via season four of Arrow, where I built up, I jumped on every spoiler, I wrote the fan fiction, I had it all mapped out, and it went very wrong. Yes. Uh, yeah. I yeah, I, I don't know. You'll recover. You'll bounce back quickly. You know, and it's funny because they just had the, the Heroes and Villains Fan Fest, and mm-hmm. a bunch of spoilers mm-hmm. were dropped by... Um, david ramsey and i'm laughing because you know it's like everyone's getting really worked up about the spoilers that he drops what did he say but, uh, um one of them he says that eventually the um they will resolve their issues but it would be another eight episodes well that leads us into season seven <laughs> <laughs> so i'm like wait a second what <laughs> And then um, about how Oliver, in the end, he literally is going to end up alone. Oh, yeah, we and saw. so yeah. we're like, okay. So, of course, everyone's like, oh, he's going to end up in prison. Um, that's how he's going to end up alone. You know, so there, there's lots of, you know, obviously lots of theories concerning what David has dropped. But right. um, Yeah. One of Stevens I, dropped one today, I guess, to an article I read where, you know, tell us Sarah about this before we were, well, before we uh, recorded uh, that uh, basically they're going to a place where uh, they can't return from and Sarah yes. uh, can drop her, her, her I think spot on uh, deduction on this one which is they're going to finally finally Oliver's going to come out as Green Arrow yeah. in all of Star City and they can't they can never undo that once they're sure um, right. So part of that, like considering Diggle or, or David's spoiler, is maybe he does have to get a divorce from Felicity. Um, Felicity gets William, I guess, in the custody. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I saw, I saw, I saw some traffic yesterday. Somebody was like thinking it was the opposite that Felicity is actually pregnant. <laughs> yeah, well, that's another. I know. I just what happened was, yeah. Okay, so I guess somebody found something on Reddit talking about like the upcoming 
season, it was going to be announcing two pregnancies within the Arrowverse. And then um, another... (laughs) (laughs) And then I guess apparently at the con uh, yesterday, that Ricard's made a comment to a fan saying that she couldn't wear halter tops for, for some reason. But it had it turned out that the fan, she posted it on Twitter and everyone blew it out of proportion. It turned out later that it was simply that she was talking about herself, the, the actress, not the actual character. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I don't know. I really, you know, I'll be real honest with you. I'm very, I'm unfortunately part of the unpopular opinion that I would not, I don't want to see Felicity pregnant. I'd rather wait for them to have announcement of pregnancy when, like, the show's going to end. Like, they're happily ever after. You know, like, you're going to be a dad, and we're going to end this the show on this really good note. Yeah. 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 I I think if if I was a writer and if I wanted to do a really interesting storyline with Felicity and where she is as a character, I would actually make her not be able to have kids. Um, as mm-hmm. a result of something that happens out in the field and Oliver and her having to reconcile that. I think it, it's just like deja vu all over again um, mm-hmm. Veronica, with this and what happened in season four when they put them together and made it official. The engagement occurred. And yet because of Felicity's injury, she got a lot more story time. Um, right. And. And now it's very similar where you get a lot of focus and attention, but then as soon as you become a couple, suddenly all of the angst is out the window, which, of course, because you're a couple, and that's why there was angst to begin with. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but I I just, it, it's almost like these writers don't know what to do with people when they're together. I'm, they've yeah. done pretty good stuff over on The Flash, though, with Barry and Iris and them being mm-hmm. officially together. Um, so you you kind of they just need to figure out a way to to really allow the marital stress to occur naturally. Um, mm-hmm. Because I don't want every episode to feature Felicity, but and I don't really blame it as a result of the marriage so much as a result of having all of these other characters and having to have Thea have this random ass act like arc right in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. That made no sense to me. And, <laughs> and just all of this random stuff occurring in the background when I'm like, well, you, you got three main characters that you could really focus on, but you neglect mm-hmm. two of them to hype up all of these other characters. And this is exactly. where we are. Yeah. And you know, with having them bring in so many characters, you're, you're running out of, you know, air, air time to like talk about your three core characters. Because I think if they had Felicity with her business, we could probably get some really cool, um, intersecting storylines between Mayor Queen and Felicity Smoke, the business guru. And there, that could build up some angst that people were, are missing from them you know before they got together it's i don't know i just feel like because what does she do all day is she always stuck in the bunker like yeah yeah it it seems kind of a waste yeah it's like iris well she's stuck in the bunker it it doesn't even have to be her business though i still don't understand where i very early on this season 
there was a pivotal moment where Felicity was out on the field due to Caden James, and mm-hmm. she over overridden something and left her mm-hmm. virtual fingerprints, and that that has not been pulled forward. And no. I don't know if Diaz is smart enough to really understand what Caden has had set up in that moment. And yeah. that's what pisses me off when they when they have missed opportunities like that where they could really put her in a precarious situation that resolves that involves Oliver and the Green Arrow to also be morally obligated or something. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, there's just there are so many little things that have happened already that they could really have. um played off of and and they don't we've put so much focus on new team arrow and I, I again i'm still you know pretty pissed that they have destroyed you know characters that could have been really great representation as far as a queer character and two characters that are people of color mm-hmm. one of them a woman of color and the fact that they chose to turn all three of them into these whiny babies just kind of aggravated right like this last episode i was kind of impressed with dinah and curtis's behavior yeah and i almost kind of felt like it was because renee wasn't there yeah 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 he eggs them off true yeah i mean i like i like how they handled curtis and and his new relationship because mm-hmm. it, it felt a you know very mature you know after as you as you said there has been a lot of uh, angst and, and wine factor uh, with the new team as far as mm-hmm. well I mean we'll help both both old both old and new team as far as how each other treat one another uh, so it was good to just to see these people have normal lives again and just, yeah exactly and um, but also Curtis you know wrestling with this decision being a being a vigilante and how his new partner was going to look at that because of you know of some things that have been said about uh vigilantes and, and, and criminals and you know Curtis was worried like okay it's just it's just going to you know kill us before we can even get started. Mm-hmm. But uh you know yeah. so, so there's so there, there's those kind of moments within the episode that um you know does help Whenever you feel like you've been down this road before with certain story points and, and, and plot devices, uh, with, you know, that, that's a, a good use of New Team Arrow to, mm-hmm. uh, uh, help carry, uh, their stories forward as far as, you know, separate from the day to day grind of crime fighting. Right, right. And see, and I like the way that they, they did it. Um, and I wish that that was something they could have done in the beginning when they first introduced the characters, kind of slowly build them up and not just like all of a sudden throw these new characters at us. Be like, here you go. You're going to love them. And then when people finally start to connect with them, be like, okay, now we're not going to have you like them anymore. Like it just, I don't know. I'm not, I just not a fan of like, I like it in comic books, but I don't like it in the TV show. I'm just, I'm not feeling it. I think that the way in season one, the way that, um, 
they brought Helena or the Huntress when they brought her in. I think that was, it was done really, really well. The way that eventually she turned and it was like, goodbye, Oliver. Um, with these new characters, if, if that was going to be the case, they could have just made the, the separation a little bit less of a, you know, I hate you. No, I hate you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> it was just, I don't know, but overall, like the episode just, I was, Really impressed with Stephen and David. They did such an amazing job, um, with that, just that fight alone together. It was like, wow. Yeah. All right. Now, before we get accused of being like a bunch of Star Wars fans talking about Last Jedi, how about we talk about Black Lightning? <laughs> that worked. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I don't know what has happened in the last two weeks, but I watched the last two episodes of Black Lightning today, and I was, <laughs> I i don't know if I was confused. I was just like, oh, <laughs> 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 oh, okay. It, I don't know. It was, it was very in- interesting to, um, to have like this, this two-part episode, it's almost like because mm-hmm. they both complement one another very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. where we we discover the bodies, or not the bodies, but the, the vessels, <laughs> the pods. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what the kids call it these, these days. Which which <laughs> leads to us in being informed that the vice principal mm-hmm. is actually involved with the ASA. Yep. And She's then their spotter. She's their spotter. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why they, I went British. That's, that. <laughs> that's what they call her. Their spotter. It's I did watch that episode, studio. Veronica. I understand it. <laughs> 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 and and then she she spots Jefferson now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you yeah. Go. Well, she's a she's a spot yet since day one, but yes, she has. She does wear like the most fanciest clothes to a high school. Yeah. Like I was mm-hmm. noticing that. I'm like, that blue dress looks like something you would wear to like a banquet. Why are you right. here? I don't yeah. understand. Like, yeah. My vice principal didn't wear that. <laughs> <laughs> Probably couldn't have afforded it either. I mean, seriously, <laughs> how much money does she get paid? Yeah. It's like a designer gown, and this is what this whole segment is going to be about. <laughs> Black lightning fashion. Yeah. yeah, all right, all right. Well, why don't you get us back on track? What did you think about these two episodes? Um, I really, so this season one for Black Lightning has been consistently strong throughout. Uh, mm-hmm. it's just, it has come out of the gate. Even when they had a little, even when they have their low moments, it's still better in, uh, uh, than some of the other shows on the CW right now. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, I think, you know, the, the episode this past week with him, um, getting arrested, uh, the, it, it, it's one of those things where, you know, in story, it, um, it, it, it takes place, you know, it takes place. You, you see Jefferson like, okay, 
you know, everybody don't overreact because don't give them a reason to like, you know, bring the tanks in. But again, right. but also what this show has done is takes the real world events and, and, and places them in the comic book world and, and they, they, they seamlessly work together, uh, with the issues of police misconduct and, uh, how Jefferson's treated when he, he goes to, you know, to lock up and, you yeah. know, and just, just his, you know, he's a very prideful man and, you know, and whenever he's having to basically, you know, be stripped of all, literally, uh, of that and the humiliation that he, that he felt, you know, Chris Williams just did a tremendous job playing that and, mm, he um, did. and, you know, he felt that, you know, he just felt like, I mean, I was just like sitting there watching that, just cringing for Jefferson going through that, uh, that whole experience. Uh, but also, you know, going back to the episode prior to that with, uh, detect the detective, um, working with Black Lightning to do that undercover, that, uh, not undercover work, but, um, this, you know, casing out these corrupt cops and how that, um, you know, carried forward to the next episode with them bringing down those corrupt cops, and then he basically becomes second-in-command of the police force. Uh, again, right. it, it, it just worked. It's just a very good, organic, like, growth of uh, just how the season has uh, has really built up these characters in, in a very strong way that, uh, it, 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 I mean, it, it's just, again, very refreshing. And, you know, probably about two or three years from now, I'll be making the same kind of grumbling comments I do about The Flash and other shows. But, <laughs> right, yeah. but, but right now, it's like, this is just some good, fresh stuff on TV, and I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I I really enjoyed the way that they handled the conflict between Jefferson and Gamby. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I that, yeah. It, it worked well. You know, it flowed really easily. Um, and... I was impressed with, um, you know, how he was able to forgive him at the end of, you know, this last episode. And, okay, so, you know, you're back in his family. like, And it, it all because his daughter was like, wait, you know, you you got to stop a second and you think about it. <laughs> and, you know, the show overall, every little um, incident or, you know, conflict that happens, I'm always impressed at how well it it flows with the rest of the episode. It's one really cohesive piece of work that, whereas in other shows I've seen, it's you kind of like, wait a second, weren't we just talking about this? Or weren't we just, you know, and it makes it very easy to watch. And like you said, it's refreshing. There's just um, whoever's doing the writing, they're very consistent. Mm-hmm. They're not losing track of where the characters were, you know, three minutes ago in the last scene or whatever it was. And as far as like the discovery of the pod people, <laughs> <laughs> I I was like, okay, okay, I, I, this is what we're going to be doing. <laughs> pod people. <laughs> yeah. I, the green light kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought that was kind of um, funny, I guess. I don't know, because so 
because there's, I guess we're still kind of learning, you know, with this, what is it called? The ASA? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we're still kind of learning what they're about and what they're trying to do, but I'm assuming that it's like they, what they did with like, you know, in, in X-Men when they were trying to get rid of like all the mutants. Mm. So I figured this is their version of it where they're trying to figure out, you know, who's got superpowers and let's get rid of them all. And I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know what. <laughs> I don't I don't know if they're trying to get rid of them all because they put them in the pods and they're very mm-hmm. upset that the some of the pods are dying. Yeah. I think <laughs> That's yeah. a weird phrase. Well. <laughs> um, so it's, it's not I, I wouldn't. So, so I guess um, a good X Men comparison is um, with the show The Gifted that aired yeah. earlier mm-hmm. this year, um, mm-hmm. and they had this occurred where a lot of the mutants were being captured, but they were also then being manipulated to use their powers to help capture other mutants. Right. So I feel mm-hmm. as if the the whole point of securing these individuals is to learn about their powers and then um, obtain more information for science, to put it simply. Um, There's some, there's some, there's some um, very mysterious motives going on. Um, Mm -hmm. And it, and I think what's bothering me or what's making me disoriented sometimes with the show, um, even though I I do agree that it's having a very um, strong freshman season is that, to to really dive into this whole ASA mystery, which is very much like a 1960s political thriller type of mm-hmm. idea with it. Mm. And juxtaposed with what the heck is going on with Lala. Yeah. Yeah. And to have all the voodoo and all of the ghosts and everything and the crucifixion and the religion. And I'm just like, make up your mind on what show you want to be. <laughs> both both storylines are, I, I can see how they overlap, but the, the, um, the subtext in each is so different on opposite ends of this um, spectrum that I'm not quite sold that they work well together, especially when they were featured in this past episode significantly at the same time. Before, I felt like it was one episode about the ASA, one episode about Lala, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Um, But this one had both of those storylines playing out throughout, and I don't know if that really worked well with me. Fair point. Right. No, I I totally understand that, yeah. I mean, I guess I forget about Lala because uh, <laughs> I'm crazy more on yeah I'm focusing more I guess on on the daughter like that's where my big focus is is watching them you know learn about what they can do of course the youngest oh god her name slips in my Jennifer. Right Jennifer 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 yeah you know watching Jennifer doesn't her want as, to learn. Yeah, as a young girl, you know, really trying. I mean, oh my gosh, she's what sixteen years old, like sixteen is a hard age to be. And then all of a sudden, on top of all your regular crap in high school, you deal with now you have to deal with finding out you have superpowers. <laughs> like, whoa! <laughs> I don't know. So, there, there's something about what she. At first, I liked it. I liked how she was very against 
the powers and it was used to put, show differences between her and her sister. Mm-hmm. At the same time, the more they drag this on, I'm just like, girl, you are, you have a great life. Why are you acting like you're so <laughs> at the end of the <laughs> world all the time? And I understand you're 16 and 16 year olds are like that, especially um, girls because we're so hormonal, but it's just, I don't know. I'm just, I just want her to, to either. (laughs) I don't even necessarily want her to embrace her. I just want her to stop acting so mopey about life and everything (laughs) and just be like, you have a great dad. You have a good sister. You have a great mom. You have food on the table. Like there's a lot worse things than finding out, Oh, you have superpowers and you have to actually help people. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I see. I'm kind of like, um, I was wondering if maybe we're going to get to a point where we're going to address depression Mm. because a lot of her behaviors are very, um, Mm -hmm. common, you know, as, as, symptoms or I guess triggers of depression in the way that she's acting you know she can be rebellious with the smoking weed and drinking at school um sneaking off to go to nightclubs on her own and then she and then you know she has this real high like her manic episode and then all of a sudden she's real low where she just wants to lay in bed or sit on the sofa and so I'm wondering if not maybe that's going to be something they're going to maybe kind of touch on a little bit about depression and, you know, what she starts to go through. That's a good point. And, uh, and they, they would not be out of character for this shit. Yeah. And I think um, with uh, Lala, as far as that's concerned, I'm kind of really curious <laughs> as to how they're going to explain all that's going on. Because, you know, I mean, they killed Lady Eve so quickly mm-hmm. that I thought maybe, like, somehow, like, she was going to be a part of explaining to us about Lala. But then they killed her, and, and now he's just kind of running amok. Anybody not realize, like, other than his little crew of people, like, he's back from the dead? Yeah. Unless the ASA is, like, you know. Part of their their experiments is in reanimation. I don't know. Maybe that's how yeah. they're inter- that's how they could be interrelated. And you know, because especially, I mean, we we learned early on Tobias had some, you know, through the ASA was able to, you know, yeah. essentially tap into the fountain of youth. So yeah, right. Maybe, he- so maybe this, you know, maybe we'll get our explanation as far as what's going on. Maybe it's not supernatural. Maybe it's just, you know, it's just it's, it's just green light drug that's mm-hmm. a, a, allowing him to be reanimated some more. Yeah. Well, because you know when Gamby talked about how he was finding these kids when I guess in the sixties when he was doing it, and he found out that they were being killed, so that's what made him decide to like change his ways and protect Jefferson. Now I'm wondering, like, what are they doing with these kids now? They're putting them in these pods, and whatever they're doing, it's killing them. Mm-hmm. Um, are they getting ready to create some sort of super army? I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. but I, I guess that's the fun 
of all of it is being able to be like, oh, God, what does that mean? You know, what are we going to see next episode? When are we going to learn about it? But I'm enjoying the the weirdness. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know whether we're, you know, lack of a better word, but it's it's fun to me. I'm enjoying it. And I like the dynamics among the characters. And like you pointed out, Will, the, the episode where, or this last episode where Jefferson is, is, you know, having to go through the whole process of being booked. Yeah. That was just intense. And I was really happy that they did show it because, you know, not that I have ever, I mean, I've never been put in jail before. <laughs> um, but I have been arrested and it's a very dehumanizing experience when you have cops who just immediately want to peg you as a criminal without really knowing the truth behind what's going on. Mm-hmm. And they portrayed that experience and it was, it really was, you know, heart wrenching. And then for any black man who has ever had to go through that process, I can tell you that was triggering because that the way that they would throw him up against the wall for no reason at all. Um, the, the way that they talk down to you, all of that stuff, it, it's exactly what happened. And I do know that the executive producer, um, he talks about how a lot of the experiences are his own personal experiences. Like in the very first episode when he gets pulled over by the cop because yeah. he looked mm-hmm. like somebody. Um, you know, so I'm glad that they, they're touching on a lot of these current events that are happening in our society. And it's, it's really cool that they're integrating that into a comic book story because let's face it, comic books for years have been using that. And unless you're a comic book fan, you didn't know that that was happening. (laughs) So I, I, I personally am loving Black Lightning so much that even when they have weird stuff like Lala, <laughs> I still enjoy. It. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's yeah, it's definitely it's definitely appointment appointment TV for me during the week as well. Mm-hmm. All right, is that mm-hmm. it? Are we done? I, 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 I think. Don't know. I, I don't really have much more to say about it other than just to pick on Veronica's uh, 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 point. Uh, yeah, you you didn't see that happening to Barry Allen at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, it it was it, it definitely it was very poignant the difference even though we've had three heroes in the DC Arrowverse arrested this season mm-hmm. and this year. Um what they did in Black Lightning was the most profound take on it and everything oh, yeah. that not only he experiences but also the um, the powerlessness that Jennifer felt, that Anissa felt, that Lynn yeah. even felt when yeah. she tried yes. to get him out. Yes. Yes. Um, that, that was really fascinating to see. Um, and, and you know what? They, they have, um, not to boast or anything, they did have a self-driving van. So I think shout out to Gamble. Oh, yeah. Self-driving van. Really proud of it. Really proud. I mean, I've seen the hologram trick before. They did that in the flash. Um, Mm -hmm. so, but I don't think Cisco has made a self-driving van yet. So congratulations, Gamble. He was very proud of it too. He even pointed it out. (laughs) That's why I had to bring it up. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's funny because I, you know, I watch all of these shows with my mom. Um, and my mom is one of those people that she will sit down and watch anything. If it's entertaining, she'll watch it. And she's always loved sci-fi because of all their crazy weird movies, right? Um, so I have her watching all these shows now and she gets a kick out of them. She gets a little emotionally involved in Arrow. She, she actually said that she wanted to throw her chakra at Diggle <laughs> for punching all of her. Um, <laughs> but uh, for her, she is, I think, the most moved when she watches Black Lightning. Mm-hmm. Because as a Mexican family, we know what it's like. We know mm-hmm. what we're dealing with in, in our city and how since we live on the border, we experience a lot of hate. Um, and so she enjoys that show in a different way from when we watch like Legends of Tomorrow and she laughs her butt off. She thinks it's so funny. Um, but Black Lightning definitely sticks out for her the most because then you watch her when she's watching the show and she's quiet, straight faced. But then when she watches all the other shows, she's more, you know, she's laughing or she's making comments, but black light and she like is quiet and she just wants to focus. Yeah. So that's how I know that this show is something right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you can tell her that black lightning and all the Arabo shows are coming back. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> all right. Um, so Veronica, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you? Um, the best place to find me is Twitter. I am known as Nerdy Chicana on Twitter, but my, uh, you can find me at, at FemDelchuco. F-E-M-M-E-D-E-L-C-H-U-C-O. Thanks, thanks Veronica for, for joining us tonight. We're going to take a short break and we'll be back to talk Krypton and a few other shows. Thanks, what Will said, I said. What Will said, I said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Good night. Rising from the depths of a state called Michigan, two inebriated dorks prepare their plan for intergalactic domination. Mixing their extensive knowledge of geek culture with their insatiable thirst for alcohol, these two man-children bring you a show like you've never heard before. They will tell you tales from faraway lands, and have you questioning their taste in beer. But make no mistake, friend, for the best coverage of your favorite comics, films, and TV shows, there's no better source for you to get your fix. So listen up, strap in, and prepare yourself as Jake and Tom conquer the world. All right, well, let's talk about Krypton. Let's talk about uh, it. This show has a lot of momentum right now, and I'm I'm really digging it. I, I really like it. I have one complaint, though. What's that? I don't like when shows give you their main love story, and it's already happened. So right now with Lyda and Seg, we're watching them 
and we know that there's a lot of history, but I just, I don't feel the romantic tension. Like I, I know I'm supposed to, but I mainly just view them as like childhood friends who are now on opposite sides of the war. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Um, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I, to me, I feel like that it is, you know, the well-worn Romeo and Juliet mm-hmm. uh, trope. Um, I think that uh, I totally see where you're coming from on the, uh, you know, childhood friends who end up on the wrong side of whatever faction. But, right. uh, yeah. Um, guild. 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 Yeah, guilds <laughs> in this case. Yeah. Um, I, what I, but what I do like about the the show overall, it's just out of the gate, we just have very strong characters across the board. Mm-hmm. You know, which is very, which is very refreshing. I, I think with two two of our recent shows that we've added to our rotation, where we've had very strong characters, and not only uh, across the board, but also very strong female characters, mm-hmm. is both Krypton and also Black Lightning. Uh, which we'll, we'll, we've talked about. Um, but the women in, in, in Krypton in particular, uh, between uh, Lyda and, and General Zod, um, her mother, um, are, are just, just carries a day, especially the episode, uh, episode two at House of L. Yeah. Um, the, the, between the challenge at the end, um, just the dynamics of, you know, this is a fight to death. Her mother just, just again the the call of duty, uh, much like um, we saw in Black Panther too with the with the general uh, Oyoke. Um, mm-hmm. You know we, that's we, a good comparison. Um, good job. Yeah, we're just seeing a very very strong slate of characters lately, uh, which is very refreshing uh, as as a viewer, uh, and, and and it makes for some great storytelling as well. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I I really do like what they're doing with Lyda. I think they're making a lot of good choices. And, I mean, just putting her in the House of Zod to begin with, as well as making that the military guild, and seeing how it's – she's just like Seg in a way, who (laughs) is struggling to uphold this legacy that she didn't didn't want or really desire. It's just – it's it's her birthright and yep. trying to grapple with that. So I I like all of that. Um, I think it's smart what they did in this recent episode with the Rankless Initiative and and how she's she's realized that she got what she wanted and the, that there are immediate consequences to that that are going to play out in not only this past episode but in probably future episodes as well. You also didn't mention one other female character who's oh. really interesting in the show. I was Nissa. saving her. Yes, I was saving her for you. <laughs> like, Batgirl, I I cannot get a good read on her. Like, I understand she's bad, but there's something about her where I'm just like, you are going to be a really interesting villain in future seasons like I feel like they're saving her almost like for a later storyline and and there's something like that mystery part of her that I find really appealing and engaging because I almost feel like she's lost someone and due to her father and his politics and she's 
she wants vengeance on her dad just as much as Sag does in a way. And I think that's fascinating. Yeah, she's definitely playing both sides of the, of the fence because, you know, she also had a very compassionate moment with Sag and mm-hmm. bringing, uh, bringing the ashes uh, so that his parents could have a, have a proper burial. So I think, I think she's a very opportunistic character and yeah. for clearly, and you're right. I think as the season progresses and as Seg and, you know, gains notoriety and, uh, gains the almost, I guess, for lack of a better word, builds a resistance to the, to the leadership guild. Um, they, she, you know, she, she may end up, um, uh, you know, going to whichever side is hot at the time. Right. And, and I mean, on the, and then on the opposite side, um, when you're talking about strong characters, I felt like in this episode in particular, um, episode three, that you're, it's, it's not even just the characters alone, but their dynamics. I really like what they're doing between Sag and Adam Strange. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those two, like, I, I felt like, oh, he's, he's a foreigner and coming from a different land. He, like, Adam is, is this, okay, this is going to be an interesting comparison for me of all people to say, but Adam Strange reminds me of Ray Palmer. But a likable version of Ray Paul. <laughs> uh, the two weeks of May have mailed you out some. <laughs> the two weeks off half. <laughs> I don't know. It just came to me, and I felt like it was the right thing to say. And yeah. so I, I, I reserved a right to take it back in future seasons. But right now, there, there's just this charisma. I think at one point in this episode, he said, like, oh, we're going to do superhero stuff. Like, he he likes this. Like he's yes. so proud of him and everything he's done. And he's like, he, this is his hero's um, flight, but there's such a charm and an innocence about it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to articulate it right now, but um it's very like a child who grows up always wanting to be some, um be this hero and so he dresses up in the clothes and yep. there's still that youth youthfulness about it. Like, I feel like that's what Adam Strange is. He, he really is. He is definitely the, the wide eyed. Uh, this is G Wes. So cool kind of thing. Um, and, but the, I liked how sad though, it was a gradual growing of trust between them. And, yeah. and yeah. it is, you know, it wasn't automatically, Hey, this is my buddy and, and all that. Um, there's still, uh, it, it's a growing relationship and we as an audience get to grow with it. And Especially with the SAG's best friend in the reckless, the rankless, I mean, mm-hmm. um, like talk about growing trust, like his best friend, I think still doesn't trust Adam and no. like that's going to cause issues in the future. Definitely. Definitely. But another thing, um, what I like about this show and, and, and what's so fresh about it is, uh, and we, we talked about this with the pilot and now since we've had, we're three episodes and, uh, you can really see the fact that yes, Superman is 
over here is the big shadow over everything. But I mm-hmm. don't but I don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. They've done a very good job uh, you know, with with yes, this is the, the backstory and the prequel so of of what we have come grown to know of Kalel. But they've done a good job of of not letting that over overshadow the story. And we're really getting to see this this world be built of mm-hmm. of, of Krypton and, and Kandor in particular, uh getting built before us as 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 viewers. And and they are unfolding this story in a way that can open up many, many possibilities. Uh to where you know they're not necessarily locked into to what what we know, and I think they've done a very good job of studying other programs that have uh, have developed prequels and saw the pitfalls that they made and, and locking themselves in um, story wise because you have this vast canon you know, that they you know, that you're trying not to right. violate, uh, but but here they they are they're they're doing it in a way that yes we know Adam Strange is back in time to help uh, save what we know as Superman today. But at the same time, it is being very, it's very, they're being very free to tell a story and, and not let that overshadow uh, the events. Right. Because, Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, be, uh, you're absolutely spot on with that. And it really stands out specifically in, Episode three, because the episode is about the Black Order, Mm -hmm. which is a fresh concept and this and really is an an allegory for what is happening in today's world. And this idea that we're going into places and trying to weed out um, to weed out people who we believe are terrorists Mm -hmm. and and killing innocents along the way and not really understanding um, the difference between the two. And I think, like, that's a very Battlestar Galactica type mm. of thing to do, is to take that analogy and put it in the forefront yeah. when you have all of the comic books and all of the space opera surrounding it. But the viewer doesn't pay attention to that because the viewer is connected to the story. Yep. And then on top of that, I mean, the only thing that felt very Superman-y in this episode, but in, like, the most best way was Brainiac, like this yeah. is the first time Brainiac is here. He has a parasite that takes over this this individual, um, Rom, who's a friend of Sag, and you see the the power, the brutality of it, mm-hmm. and the 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 threat without actually seeing Brainiac. And I thought it was very very good to do early on in the season. Um, because we know that the final showdown is has is far far off in the future. Yeah, yep, yeah, it is, it is. Um, but yeah, you know, I think uh, if folks haven't um, watched this show, we I we get you know we we have our three episode or four episode rule where it's like okay, we kind of make or break, and we're at that make or break point as far as our viewership, and I, I it's definitely made it into my weekly rotation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to you want to switch gears and talk about another show that we haven't talked about in a while, um, but has made its way in my rotation. Sure. 
The Resident. Ah, you know, I, it did not make it into mine. Okay. Yeah. I mean, not that I didn't like it. I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's just, uh, yeah, it, I think as far as uh, yours right now is The Resident, mine's Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, with with The Resident, like it's it's in my rotation so much as I I know when it's on I don't generally look forward to watching it or anything, but um they did something in their most recent episode that aired a few weeks ago they're on a mini hiatus right now, um that was it's it's very interesting you going into that show you think you know who the villain is mm-hmm. which that the, the 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 doctor is the villain, but there's another villain that they've created who does the most the most disturbing thing I've ever seen probably on a medical drama. I saw a lot of buzz on social media. Please enlighten me. Cause I, and, I, I, and I'm totally fine with being spoiled. I'm okay, so spoiler alert. Um so so do you know do you remember the the woman doctor I forget her name but she treats all of the cancer patients right yes, yes. and she goes at it with um Emily Van Camp's character right right and removes her so so that's been brewing in the background and then in this episode um there's there's one cancer tr- patient that I think we met back in episode three and okay. I believe her name was Lily. Yes. I remember her. Yeah. So, um, basically <laughs> the lady doctor is alone. Um, feels like Lily, Emily Van Camp's character calls up a friend and a colleague, another doctor who specializes in chemotherapy and everything and gets Lily assigned to her because there's been a lot of bizarre behavior occurring. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the doctor gets wind of this, and then the episodes end. At, the episode ends with the doctor giving Emily's character orders to give Lily potassium before she leaves, and she does. Wow. Well, that potassium kills her, hmm. which the doctor knew it would. Wow. And so you're just you're left with um the resident, the main the main guy coming in and doing like try like breaking down because she's just flatlining and he can't do anything. And and you know that they're going to throw Emily's Van Camp's character right under the bus for this because she probably wrote something else in the chart. Right. She she wasn't actually there. And all of this stuff. And you're just like, oh, my God, that is the most sick thing I've ever seen anyone do. Like, that's that's insane. That's nuts. Wow. Yeah. Not, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I saw the buzz about it. And I saw it was a major ethical issue and and and, and, and other adjectives as well. And, uh, yeah, I. Wow. OK, I'm going to have to I'm going to, I'm to tune back in when they come up with a hiatus. Yeah, I I don't know. It took me aback, and I'm just like, they went there. I mean, you you knew it early on that they were going to test some of the ethical stuff, but I never expected <laughs> I would see something like that. I was like, oh, my God, that's murder. <laughs> murder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Murder. Yeah. Well, you know, as far as my, my new 
rotation show Atlanta. It's, uh, it's the second season. And uh, this past week's episode was um, was amazing. Was it was amazingly weird and brilliant. <laughs> I just <laughs> I was sitting. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah, I, I so um, so Ern had to go. Uh, uh, he was finding this player, this piano uh, from this eccentric uh, musician named Teddy Perkins, mm-hmm. uh, and in the city, and so he goes to this house. And so yeah, he meets Teddy Perkins, who is dressed. He he uh, he, he is basically a, a Michael Jackson uh, clone, and <laughs> uh, you know with the bleach skin, the the hair, and and it was and actually I mean it was truly Donald Glover like truly burying himself in a part because that's uh-huh. what he was playing Teddy, and it was this weird. It, you know, it plays on the whole stories of, of, you know, the Jackson family and Teddy having the same kind of parallels with the abusive father and, mm. and, and, and the, um, you know, he's, and it, it, it ends up in this place. He goes up, goes up to the attic and, um, I'm so scared right now. Yeah. Continue. You, yeah. It, <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking even when I was watching, I was like, I don't know if Sarah would like this or not. Because I got kind of creeped out, too, the way this episode was going. I am so going. scared. I want to know what's in the attic, though. Yeah. Please tell me. Yeah, so it was another character who looked <laughs> a lot like Prince. <laughs> and, yeah, and I don't want to give too much away, but if our folks haven't seen it yet, but the ending was definitely a what-the-fuck moment. Where I was just like, <laughs> oh my god, what did I just, what did I just see here? Um, so yeah, go check it, yeah, check it out, Sarah. Make sure you have, you know, um, you know, maybe watch it during the daytime, see it before you go to bed, you know, so it's not before you go to bed, you won't be able to sleep. But yeah, it, it was. It, it, I mean, this whole season has been just amazing. Uh, it's I, one of the, it's definitely one of the most creative shows on television right now. It's like, okay. (laughs) First of all, I don't, I still don't really understand what was in the attic that left you so disturbed. Although I was very curious. It was the process of going to the attic that was like, and even with, yeah, this, the, the, the piano there. Yeah. It's just like elements of like Stephen King meets. Yeah. This Um, is okay. Yeah. So. So here, here we go, Will. You know, <laughs> this should not surprise you at all, considering what happened with me in the movie It. Mm-hmm. But my recent obsession right now is learning more information about the movie um, A Quiet Place that just came oh, out this yeah. weekend. Oh, yeah. I want to see that. Yeah. Well, it you might, considering how The Attic got you freaked out yeah. and gave you all of Stephen King vibes. I yeah. think that you might want to stay away from a quiet place because okay. from what I understand, it's horrifying. Mm. Um, especially if you have kids, <laughs> <laughs> um, because that's really what the story is about. It's about what parents will, the extremes parents go to, yeah. to protect their children. And 
And I think why people are walking away from this movie specifically horrified is because the the use of silence. Yeah. Um, like like we've all been seeing jump scares in movies. Like it gets really really quiet, and the next thing you know, the volume goes up and everything. But in this movie, the whole atmosphere is quiet because you have things hunting you if you make a freaking sound. Well, yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> saw the premise and everything, and like I said, it definitely it, it definitely piqued my interest. Um. There's like this, and uh, uh, you know, I'm on, I'm on still on the fence about Ready Player One, but I uh-huh. want to see if I place. Yeah, I, I'm I'm just fascinated by it because, I mean, horror movies it can always go one of two ways. It can either be really profound and brilliant and disturbing all at the same time, mm-hmm. or it can be just just really get you freaked out. But in the long run, it's a stupid story, yeah. and you forget about it, like, a year later, if you're me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but still, I mean, I, I'm, I'm really intrigued by this. I'm also, I also like what I'm hearing about how um, it could be potentially nominated for Best Sound Design. Oh, there you go. See. Um, and sound, yeah, sound yeah. editing yeah. for everything that they do. And, and I think that there's a twist ending. I'm not sure, but I feel like from what I see and what I hear, there's something at the end that leaves you like, that's not where I thought that this was going to go. And I'm pleasantly surprised, uh-huh. like very Stephen King-esque. Cool. Uh, well, yeah, you know, I, I, I may have, I may have to report back to you on this one, uh, if I do go see it. And, you know, if I have nightmares, you know, I'll, I'll only have myself to blame. <laughs> From what they, I've seen people say is that they left the movie and anytime. <laughs> so, okay, John Kurzinski, who directed the movie, told the story about how a friend of him got up got of got out of the movie they went into the car and the person they were with turned on the radio and they immediately shut it off and it's like what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> so i'm like yeah, yeah. that's an effective that's, movie <laughs> that is an effective movie <laughs> oh man uh, speaking about updating how far are you in billions I started it, um, and I I was at my parents over over Easter break, and so they had they had uh, Showtime, so I was able to watch a little maybe three episodes of the first season. But I need to I need to uh, update my Amazon subscription to so I can so I can download it. But uh, it's definitely going to be. I think I'm a I'm a do like I did with Mr. Robot this summer. I think I'm just gonna. Pick a, a week or so and just, just binge through it to, to get caught up. It's okay. I I still don't even know if you're gonna like it. I'm still on the fence, but um, I will be 
I will be curious about your thoughts. <laughs> All right, well, I, I, will, I will definitely share the full. Hold on, I'm, I'm panda gifting right now. Just a second, yeah. sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, you can't rush this, okay? Uh, okay? I know you're overtired, but please. No, no, no. I've Give got, a woman. I've got, I've, I've got my second win here. I see the tip there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that is it for us tonight. Why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can find me at Will M. Polk. That's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And you can find me on Twitter at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at CNN Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, but most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on both iTunes and SoundCloud. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app. Good night, geek out. You're welcome.